Can y'all hear me? Yeah, there it is. Amen. Thank God for another day. Give God some praise one more time, if you will. We truly do give all glory, praise, and honor to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is alive and doing well. We thank God for this, another opportunity to gather together in his name, to worship him in spirit and in truth. I thank God for our, uh, all of us under the sound of our voice, our musicians, our uh, ushers, our nurses, uh, those who are visiting with us for the very first time, those of you out there that are looking and viewing us on social media. We certainly don't take it for granted. You could be doing something else, and we thank God that you're tuned in to ABC. Amen, somebody. Uh, having said that, we want to be mindful uh, to continue to keep all of our bereaved families in prayer, uh, those that are sick and shut in. Uh, we had our Sunday school uh, back again uh, this morning. Give God some praise. Amen. We're trying to work out the logistics. We might have to give more room for the, the uh, uh, Sister Pam and them, but they'll work. That's a minor thing, but Sister Eleanor, I thank God that there were folk in there and you, everything worked out great. Give God some praise one more time. As we continue on, at some point in time, we're going to uh, start back our war class, Warriors After Righteousness. Amen. Somebody said, why two classes? Well, Sunday school is a class that deals with specific Bible um, uh, passages and books. And the Warriors After Righteousness is a class that's dealt with dealing, that deals with dealing with everyday problems, issues, and from a biblical perspective, how you can walk out of here, come in here sad and walk out of here glad with the tools to work through the problem. So, so both of them are necessary. Amen. So both of them are necessary. You cannot ever be taught too much. Matter of fact, we're all, the truth be told, still in the process of becoming. Anybody other than me still learning? I'm still learning. I'm still growing. Amen. So there's never too much or uh, 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 where we don't need to learn or grow. So we thank God for that. Uh, I pray I haven't forgotten anything. If I have, charge it to my head, not to my heart. Everything cool? Um, let's have a brief word of prayer and let's get started. Father God, again, we come before your presence in Jesus' name, just to say thank you. Lord, we thank you for, again, an opportunity to preach your word. It's an honor and privilege to be able to teach and preach, God. Uh, I submit myself to you, God. Holy Spirit, speak through me. Uh, you know what every hearer, those that are in-house and those that are viewing from social media, you know what we all need to hear. So, Lord, we submit ourselves to you. Lord, bless us today. Convict, convince, and convert. You get glory, praise, and honor to yourself. And we promise ahead of time to give you back all the praise, honor, and glory. For it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. With thanksgiving always. And all of God's people said amen, amen, and amen. Meet me, if you would, in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning at verse 29. 
I'm reading from two Bible translations. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 through 32. I'll be reading from the New King James Version and then the CEV, Contemporary English Version. The first version will be from the New King James Version of the Scripture. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 to 32. Amen? Say amen when you get there. Verse 29 of Ephesians chapter 4, New King James Version says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve, don't miss this, the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Verse 31 says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind. Let me say that again. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. The contemporary English version, the same verses of Ephesians 4, beginning at 20, verse 29, says, Stop all your dirty talk. I'm reading the Bible, C-E-V. Stop all your ver dirty talk. Say the right thing at the right time and help others by what you say. Don't make God's spirit sad. The spirit makes you sure that someday you will be free from your sins. Verse 31, stop being bitter and angry and mad at others. Don't yell at one another or curse each other or ever be rude. Instead, be kind and merciful and forgive others just as God forgave you because of Christ. I want to talk around the thought, the idea, hurting people hurt other people. Hurting people hurt other people. If you dare, I dare you to look at somebody and say, hurt people hurt other people. <laughs> kind of soft, but it's okay. <laughs> Rick Warren, anybody ever heard of him? Rick Warren, he's a national well-known pastor, author, and preacher, gave his diagnosis of why hurting people, and I agree, hurt other people. Please listen, listen carefully, y'all. Don't let the enemy distract you because you're going to miss something. When someone is hurting you, it's because they themselves are still hurting. Listen now. This is kind of a counseling session too. Unkind people are people who have never felt kindness or it's been such a long time. Unloving people are people who feel unloved. Understand when somebody is rude, unkind, sarcastic, bitter, arrogant, and consistently in an attack mode, they are really shouting out, I need somebody to love me. They are saying, if I don't feel loved, 
I don't feel secure. Understand that genuinely loved people don't feel that way. People that feel love and that feel secure, they're not unkind. People that feel loved and are not insecure, they don't frequently, you don't find them in the posture of attack or defend. Hurt people who continue in an attack mode and display a mean-spirited attitude are really crying out, I am in pain. Are y'all listening? And what they need, people that are hurting, is not what they deserve or should get for being so mean. No, in other words, I hear somebody saying, you know what I felt like doing in response to what she or he has done or said about me? I know what I feel like doing when they've hurt me and, and, and offended me. They've lied on me and disrespected me. On more than one occasion. Come on, I'm being real here. Can we be real? The Bible is real and it addresses this. We've got folk in here today. I've been hurt. Anybody other than me been hurt? And there's some folks still in here who are hurting. You know how your flesh feels sometimes when somebody's attacking you. You know how you feel when you feel like responding to that person who has hurt you? And how that old man or woman, some stuff is not all that old. You know, some folk jumping up in your face. Sometimes, you know, that old man or woman that the Bible says in Ephesians 4 that we should put off would have reacted. <laughs> I, I saw something the other day. A guy was being disrespected. He was in a store. And the person kept on pushing and he said, leave me alone. You don't know who you're messing with. What he was crying out to say is, without telling his past, I've been known to hurt people. Y'all ain't going to help me. He was saying, he, matter of fact, he said, please leave me alone. Crystal, when somebody said, please. Hey, y'all listen to me. <laughs> Sister Evelyn, please leave me alone. If a guy tells you and you push and he said, please leave me alone. First, he said, leave me alone. And you still, he said, please leave me alone. And he pushed his cart. He was in a supermarket. He pushed his cart and shook his head and said, help me, Lord. I'm so glad you ought to be glad too. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, therefore, because I'm in Christ, otherwise, because I'm more informed and submissive in Christ, I'm a new man or new woman. The old me has died, even though he or she keeps trying to resurrect. And now I'm a new man or woman. In other words, I don't roll like that anymore. Can I get a witness? Because I know that you're hurting. I've learned this. And I've learned that hurting people hurt other people. That's why I'm walking away. You're not yourself. 
You know how somebody said, you done lost your mind. You're not yourself. Because if somebody who knew me from back in the day would have said, do you know who that is? Or do you know what she used to do? Amen, somebody. Come on, we look holy in here. And we are, if you save. But some of us had some. <laughs> Anybody in here just know you different from before? Come on, tell the truth. God can see a black ant on a black rock at midnight. Just know you different. I ain't the same one. But still, I'm still human. I'm walking away, just don't touch me. I'm walking away, but don't grab me by the collar. School is out, it's all over. I'm back in jail or going for the first time. And I'm saying this and we laugh, but it's true, y'all. Aren't you so glad God doesn't give us really what we deserve? But you have to make a decision whether or not you're going to overcome evil with good. That's what you got to do, overcome. Even when you've been hurt, you've got to overcome. You got to make a decision. Matter of fact, Romans chapter 12, verse 21 says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You got to decide whether or not you're going to retaliate on their level. You've got to step down into a mess. Come on, some people step over it, some people avoid it, but you've got to step down. Hello, somebody. God says, I picked you up, but you keep stepping down. <clears throat> In other words, when you attack somebody or when you try to get even with them, it puts you on the same level and you're no better than they are. Hello, somebody. As difficult as it is, I know I'm still a work in progress, and so are you. In order to be better than that other mean-spirited, trash-talking, backbiting individual, I just cussed. You have to respond with love. I know they don't deserve it, but while you and I were yet sinners, Christ loved us. Come on, somebody. Why do we put all of that on Jesus and we say we want to be like him, but we leave out that love part? And I understand, humanly speaking, you can't love in and of yourself, but God says, let me love him or her through you. In other words, you get out of the way, flesh. You got to allow God, the Holy Spirit, to love through you. Hurting people hurt other people, y'all. If y'all ain't getting it so far, that's what I'm talking about. This is part one. Remember the apostle Paul in Philippians chapter four, as he drew his letter to a close, he talked about a major issue concerning the actions of two believers in the church. Y'all do know that hell breaks out in churches too. Y'all looking at me funny. I don't know who told you that once you got in the church building. See, the church people come to the building. So if you bring your mess to the church, you're just in a building with your mess. Oh, come on now. We look like the building, the brick and mortar. No, you bring your truck stuff. Attitude. <laughs> Lord, yeah, yeah. There were two women 
in church that Paul was talking about. Dear women who, who had labored side by side with Paul in the gospel. Women whose names Paul said are in the book of life. They were saved women. But something had happened between them. They were now looking cross-eyed to each other. The Bible doesn't say what their issue was, but it said they had an issue. Somebody had done something. Somebody had said something. Somebody had offended. It don't say exactly what, but maybe they clashed on a matter of money of another man or woman. Maybe it was cheating. Maybe it was stealing. We don't know. But whatever it is, their bickering and heated argument or disagreement was having a harmful effect on the church. I've heard people say, I ain't going to church no more. They do more fighting and, and, and talking about people than people out in the bar. I, I might well hang out in the bar. Y'all looking at me funny. I heard people say, I ain't going around in that church. All they do is talk about people. I'm sitting there trying to hear the preacher, and they talking about people, talking about what he looked like and this, that, and the other. Where's his wife, and she ain't listening to him and all that. And I, I, I can't even hear the message. All of a sudden, your leg hurt. You, 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 you got to run, do this, that, and the other. The devil don't want you to hear things that are going to help you. Philippians 4, verses 2 to 5, the New Living Translation says, Now I appeal to you, Euodia and Sinashi. Please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. Not only in the church, but in your house. Please, because you say you're a child, a man, a woman of God, settle this thing. Verse 3 of Philippians 4 says, and I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women. Other people, you know what's going down. Help these people out. Don't feed into their stuff. Squell it. Squash it. Don't let them get in the phone and add you to the drama. Oh, y'all ain't hearing God. When they get on there, tell them the right thing. Don't get on there and add fuel to the fire. I don't know who God is talking to. Verse 4 says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. You know why you got so many miserable people? Because they're walking around with anger issues. You can't rejoice. You can't enjoy the Lord. You can't even enjoy your salvation because you're holding grudges. You're hurt. And you keep walking around trying to hurt somebody else. Hello, somebody. Let everyone, verse 5 says, see that you are considerate. In all you do, remember, don't forget this, the Lord is coming soon. How many of us know the Lord is coming back with all this hell going on? They just shot to kill, I heard 10 now, 11 more people and two still in the hospital because of your color. The, the world is going just what God says. That's why it ain't our home. Keep focused. Hello, somebody. Somebody said, if the other man get back in, what we going to do? What we've been doing, trusting God. I'm not bound by whether or not somebody else takes the White House. I know who controls every house. 
And if he allows the wrong or what we call the wrong person to get in, God says, no, you deserve it. A faith, I keep saying it, that can't be tested, can't be trusted. So Paul urged them, he appealed. He said, get it straight, get it together. We are fallen creatures. And James says, we all stumble in many ways, from the pulpit to the door, ceiling to the floor. Amen, somebody. Sometimes, wait a minute, it's our mouths that do the most damage. I got this thing here that wiggles around. Uh, you do too. It wiggles, it waggles, and it destroys. James chapter 3, verses 2 through 6 says, Indeed, we all make many mistakes, the New Living Translation. For if we could control our tongues, God says if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. You ever said something you wish you hadn't said? Anybody other than me ever said something wish you had snatched it back? Anybody was getting ready to send a text and you said it, you wish you could delete it before it got out? Anybody ever sent a text and said, I wish I hadn't listened? I think technology is going to come where you can get it, wipe it out. Come on, somebody said something you wasn't supposed to say and you text them and then the Holy Spirit convicted you and you said, dang, I wish I hadn't said that. See, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth, James chapter 3. And we can make verse 4, a small rudder make a huge ship turn whenever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the Bible says the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, I'm reading the Bible, y'all. The tongue is a flame of fire. It's a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body and it can set your whole life on fire for it is set on fire by hell itself. I'm going to tell you this and I'm not tooting no horn, but some people don't like to talk to me because I won't feed into your mess. They'll leave me alone. They'll go get somebody who's going to feed into that trash talk. It's not that what you say don't have some validity, but we already know what's wrong. Let's see something's right. Hello, somebody. You trash talking, you keep trash talking, and you got a whole lot of mess on your own self. Hello, somebody. Romans 12, 17 says, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. We forgot that, or we forget that one body in Christ means we ought to support one another. Am I right about it? Remember Joseph in the book of Genesis? Let me give you an example. Most of us remember the story of Joseph. Joseph and there were several things going on with Joseph. Let me list a couple of them. One of them that it was talks about a special coat of many colors. Then it was a scorned woman's wrath. Then he had some jealous brothers. And the story of a special coat of many colors relates or lets us know how hurting people hurt other people. 
You get home, you read it, Genesis 37, verse 3 and 4, the New Living Translation. Listen, y'all pick up where something went wrong right away. Verse 3 says of Genesis 37, Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children. That's a problem right there. You holding up one baby, you got five, and you going to let the other four know that you love the one more than the four? Mama, daddy, why would you do that? You got to know that the other four are going to be hurt, and hurt people hurt other people. Why did Jacob love Joseph more? Because Joseph was born to him in his old age. So one day Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. But his brothers hated Joseph. Why? Verse 4, because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. That coat of many colors symbolized, symbolized favor. My mother raised, how many of I got sister and brother in here, 10, 12 of us, whatever. Don't be messing with my mom. But she said, they all mine. Amen. My dad died. I had another father. She let it be known from the beginning. They all mine. You're going to treat them all the same or you don't have me. Hello, somebody. You ain't going to highlight this over that one or her over him. If you love me, you want me. You treat them all the same. Anybody agree with that? You a mother, father in here, you going to let somebody treat your son or daughter different and tell you they love you? Love don't go that way. Come on, somebody. Jacob showed favoritism, and he shouldn't have. Am I right about it? There's a whole lot more to that. And his brothers hated Joseph and bullied him. Joseph wasn't too smart either because he had dreams and he told his brothers his dreams. I'm paraphrasing. I'm going to be, I'm going to be your boss. I'm going to be over y'all. I'm going to be better than y'all. Why would you tell somebody? You already know there's an issue. Why are you going to tell your brothers or in this case, your brother or sisters, 21st century, look, uh, daddy loved me. Y'all know daddy loved me better than you. And by the way, uh, the Lord told me, here we go put the, the Lord told me that y'all going to submit to me and I'm going to be big dog. What else you going to expect, y'all? And when Joseph was 17, his brothers plotted to kill him. We know the story. Potiphar sold him. They sold Joseph into slavery in Egypt. He was sold to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. But it didn't stop there. Potiphar had a wife. Ooh, hurt people. How'd she get in there? Joseph wouldn't go to bed with her. I'm cutting through the chase, y'all. Y'all read the Bible? Joseph must have been fine to Potiphar's wife. I'm sure she did a comparison test and looked at her husband and looked at him. I, I, it's all wrong. 
She probably looked at her husband and looked like he needed to cut down on the taters or something. I'm just, just surmising, you know. Then she looked at Joe. Joseph. Joseph comes in clean, cool, commissary, you know, and a God man. The text, y'all gonna read that thing. The Bible says in Genesis 39, verses 1 to 9. Let's read it quick. Y'all with me? This is part one. We y'all gonna stay with me for a minute. Genesis 39, verses 1 to 9, the New Living Translation said, when Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ismaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The Bible says the verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. Verse 4, this pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. And from the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. And all of his household affairs ran smoothly from his crops and livestock flourish. Verse 6, so Potiphar gave Joseph complete administration responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. And Joseph was a very handsome, uh, there it is, and well-built young man. Y'all thought I was making it up. It says in the Bible, he was very handsome. He was fine and well-built. Verse 6 of Genesis 39. I'm reading the New Living Translation. Verse 7 says, Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Y'all thought I was making this stuff up. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. It says it right here. She said, come on, sleep with me. She didn't hold back. But Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing for me except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. But listen, we talked about this last week. Verse 10 says she kept putting pressure on him. Pressure can take you over the top, y'all. Genesis 39 is right in here. Verse 10, she kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day. But he refused to sleep with her, and he kept out of her way as much as possible. But one day, somebody say one day. No one else was around when he went in to do his work. And she came and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, come on, sleep with me, Joseph. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran from the house. This woman was scorned. I done threw myself all over you, and you got the nerve to run from me? Don't you see me? Don't you see what I got on nothing? Y'all, she kept the cloak, angry woman, until her husband came home. And then she lied. 
She lied. She told her story. That Hebrew slave you brought into our house tried to come in and fool around with me. It's in the Bible, she said. That man that you brought into our house, she left out all that. That I've been trying to rape. She's been trying to rape him. She said, but when I screamed, he ran outside, leaving his cloak with me. Y'all heard this. Hell had no fury like a woman scorned. <laughs> that line from which it came from is heaven has no rage like love to hatred turned, nor hell of fury like a woman scorned. In other words, that means there's no greater anger than that of a woman who has been rejected in love. If a woman loves you and you reject her love, you'd have messed up. I got some women in here. I'm, I'm talking about in, in, in a relationship. If you put all your all in a relationship and it's not received or reciprocated, you get angry. But the thing is, the Bible says you're hurt and hurt people hurt other people. That's good. That's good. That's in order. Because I'm trying to teach us. We can preach and I'm doing that and going to do it. But our people perish because of a lack of knowledge. That's why we got to open up Sunday school and war class. Because folk in and out, but they're not practicing what they're hearing. Hello, somebody. The story of Joseph, if I could conclude it for this time, is a story of hurting people, hurting other people. But you need to stay encouraged because God is working things out. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, so let's not get tired, New Living Translation, of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. And even though Joseph took the high road, he still got hit with a low blow. Hello, somebody. You're trying to do the right thing. And you still get hit. With a low blow. I'm talking about hurting people who hurt other people. And the Apostle Paul gives us two, a twofold game plan for dealing with people who are trying to hurt you. You got to hurt T and hurt her. And God says, both of you are wrong. Hello, somebody. I don't want to, I could close on this because who's been any hurt more than Jesus? But let's hold it. You holding up your hurt more than anybody else's hurt. I already admitted I've been hurt before. More than all these fingers. Anybody here been hurt more than in your life? More than all these fingers? See, don't hold it back. God says you're not trying to be honest. When you go to a counselor, if you don't if you're not honest with he can't help you or she can't help you. They need for you to come clean so they can help you. If you sit there in denial, you keep saying it don't work. No, it works, but you won't come clean.
twofold game plan for dealing with difficult people. Number one, you have to find common ground with that person. Y'all got to meet somewhere. Hello, somebody. I'm talking about believers. You got to, if you're unbeliever, then I can understand. You go your way, I'll go mine, all that kind of stuff. But believers ought to try to meet somewhere. You're not going to have it all your way, and I'm not going to have it all mine. Not only do you have to find common ground with a person, but number two, you have to see deeper than their difficulty. What's that show the uh, thing they said? I see you, Avatar. The person was there and you thought they were up, but finally they saw into somebody. You ever be able to say, I thought, I thought I knew him or her, but now I really see. Anybody ever really started just seeing? I see you. I see what's going on. First Peter chapter 3, verse 8, NIV says, finally, all of you be like-minded. Be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. That's what the Bible says. People are watching you and I who profess to be Christians. They hear a whole lot of talk, but they want to see it in your walk. People get sick and tired of people just talk, 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 talk. Let's see you walk, 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 walk. Are you still on the job with everybody else talking about everybody else? You got to get on the same page and you got to see where they're coming from. You might think just talking about unsaved folk, but I told you we're talking about saved folk. We're talking about saved folk. I don't know what your, when you got saved, then that's none of my business. But once you gave your life to Christ, the Bible says you become a new individual. Old things have passed or still passing away. Am I right about it? There's some stuff I'm still wrestling with. Y'all ain't going to be honest. Y'all want an honest pastor, you just want me to sugarcoat. No, I ain't going to do it. Anybody still in the process of becoming? Come on. Still in the process. Anybody here, you finish, you finish now. I'm scared if you raise your hand. I ain't going to look at you. If you think you finish, you already, I'm already in trouble with you. I'm going to watch you more. If you say you ain't got no more, listen. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 and 24 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you, verse 24, is faithful. How many of us know God is faithful? He'll do what he said he's going to do. I was listening to Dr. Stanley this morning, or we, like 5 a.m. in the morning he's on. He was talking about a lot of times God can't help you is because you don't believe him in the first place. Oh, you said it out your mouth, but you don't believe him. Stanley said this, Eleanor. People need to stop quoting scripture if you're not going to believe what you're quoting. Don't say God going to deliver you out of that, but can't deliver you out of what you in. No, you holding that over being delivered because you want it your way or the highway. God said it don't work that way because then I'd be working for you. 
talking about from the pulpit to the door, ceiling to the floor. I'm inclusive, y'all. I ain't telling you nothing that I just still have to deal with, but I've had to deal, and I'm working on it, and I'm finding success because I believe God. My wife will tell you, house falling down. I say, God is good because I know he's able. Come on, somebody. And if he don't do it right now, he got something else in mind. Everything has purpose, y'all. Whatever hell you're going through has purpose. And it's not to hurt you, it's to help you. Hello, somebody. In other words, the church has to deal with emotional health and not your spiritual health and power. Notice how hurt people display or show their hurt in, the, in their interactions with other people. Y'all want to get this list. Y'all need to get it. I'm telling you right now, you need to take it down. This is going to help somebody. You need to know how hurt people display. What, what do it look like? What does it look like? How, how, how hurt people? How do they show their hurt in the way they act with you? Number one, y'all ready? I wish somebody was taking that. Y'all, y'all go ahead. There's no excuse. First of all, hurt people often transfer their inner anger onto their family and close friends. Hurt people. Oh, there might be an issue, but I've been hurting for a while. Often those around them become the recipients of harsh tones and fits of rage because they have unknowingly become the vicarious recipients of transferred rage. My wife is awkward sometimes when she say, I don't know who bothered you, but you better leave me alone. And you know she's telling the truth because I've been hurt or I'm hurting and I'm taking it out on y'all looking at me funny. I'm guilty. Sometimes I'm hurting and Lord say, go to your corner. Get in that room and shut the door. And don't come out until you get yourself together, boy. Shut the door and don't come out. It is all night long. Stay in there. Can I get a juice? Shut up. Y'all looking at me funny. Some of us taking out because somebody else did something. Back then, you trying to make me pay somebody else's bill. Don't try to make me pay somebody else's bill. I didn't hurt you. Y'all better stay tuned here. Not only, number one, hurt people often transfer their inner anger onto their family and close friends. Can I give you number two? Hurt people interpret every word spoken to them through the lens of their pain. Because of their pain, ordinary words are often misinterpreted to mean something negative towards them. And because of this, they are extremely sensitive and they act out of pain instead of reality. You said one thing and you see all this other stuff going on. Not only hurt people transfer inner anger and number two hurt people interpret every word, but number three, y'all stay with me. Hurt people interpret every action. The other one was word. Every action through the lens or glass of their pain. Their emotional pain causes them to suspect Everything that you do is for wrong motive. 
they suspect even when you're trying to do the best thing that you're doing it because of something shady. They think it's some evil intent behind other people's actions towards them. Can I be a little transparent? Y'all ain't going to tell nobody. Out there, y'all ain't going to tell nobody else that you're right. But I've made some mistakes. But I had pure intentions. My intentions, I was well-intentioned to do the right thing. But in my trying to do the right thing, I didn't tell you, not because I was trying to hide a secret, but you would have made it worse because you reacting to the simplest things. And if I told you about this, it have been crazy. So I tried to do something else, but you didn't pick it up because you said I was hiding from you. I was trying to cover you because I thought I was the head and trying to do what heads do, take care of the problem. But I needed help in taking care of the problem. But every time I come to you to help me, you make me feel bad about what I'm trying to do. So I got to try to do it by myself so you don't hurt me. No more. I wish somebody was here. Now everything I do is suspect. Now you hurt, but I'm hurt because you don't, you suspect me of doing the wrong thing. But God knows I was trying to do the right thing. I wish I had some amens up in here. Hurt people, number four, often portray. Give me a couple of minutes. I'm going to be done. I'm going to, this is part two. You give me five minutes. That good? All right. I'm looking. It might be too long. Hurt people, number four, often portray themselves as victims and they carry a victim spirit. Once you have been abused somewhere in your life, raped, misused, victimized, traumatized, it remains open until you slam the door through Jesus Christ. Otherwise, when, when abuse of any kind occurs, memories come back. And the enemy loves to put you in self-pity and victimization mode by reminding you of your negative memories and make you responsible for what has happened to you. Want you to think everybody's after you. Wants to discredit your self-worth or deny what belongs to you. Hurt people have a hard time entering into a trusting relationship. And they carry around a suspicious spirit about everything and everyone. Number five, hurt people often alienate the closest people to them. I got 10 things here, but I'm going to maybe have to stop here. Alienation occurs when a person withdraws or becomes isolated from their environment or from other people. People who show symptoms of alienation will often reject loved ones or other people trying to help. You ever try to help somebody and they pushing you away and you say, all I'm trying to do is help you. Anybody ever tried to help somebody? All I'm trying to do is, and they rejected it, but you're trying to make me pay somebody else's bill. I didn't hurt you back then, but now anything that comes close to, to remind you of that pain, you take your pain out on me, a daughter, son, father, grandfather, grandmother, wife, husband, stop beating me up with your stuff. I didn't do that to you. 
It's a so sociological and psychological problem. And hurt people, I'm going to close here. <laughs> I got five more plus. This is part one, y'all. Anybody going to come back for part two out there? Hurt people often alienate other people and they wonder why no one is there for them. Because people get sick and tired of trying to help you and you won't let them help you. So they leave you to yourself. I ain't the one. I'm trying to go out of my way to help you. It's not a handout. It's a hand up. Y'all missed it. Not a handout. You feel it's no hand up. You're down. And I'm trying to help you up. Has anybody ever been down? And you needed somebody to help you up? I heard the Bible say. Call on that name. That's above every other name. I'm talking about the name Keith that has power, hope, healing, deliverance, peace, mercy, and grace. There's a name that's above every other name. I heard the Bible says at that name, the name of Jesus. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. I said he's Lord. He's Lord to the glory of God. Demons tremble at that name. Hell can't do nothing with that name. It's a name that's above every other name. Have you ever called on that name? There's in that name I was sinking deep in my sin far from the peaceful shore very deeply stained within sinking to rise no more but 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 the master of the sea he heard he heard he heard my despairing cry from the waters he lifted me now safe 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 anybody safe safe say yeah say yeah say yeah hurting people hurt other people i'm so glad i got my jesus I'm so glad he'll never leave nor forsake me. I'm happy. Are you happy? No matter what comes my way, he'll make a way. He's a way maker. Isn't he a way maker? Somebody say, yes, I know. He's a way maker. Any good? Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? Hurting people hurt other people. Y'all come back so I can give you part two. I stopped at number five.
but I want to give you the rest and then show you how you can be helped. And then if God says so, I want to flip it and tell you how God takes wounded healers so that you can help heal somebody else. Hello, somebody. God is not wasting your pain. You're going to, listen, go through. And when you get through, I don't want to preach the other parts. Y'all got to come back. Tell somebody. The devil don't want people. He wants me to scream and holler, jump around, and you go out, woo, what are you talking about? I don't know. Somebody ought to remember, Pastor was talking about hurting people hurt other people. Was anybody blessed? As we rest on our feet, as we rest, if you can. <clears throat> Deliver me. This message focused on, that's all right. It's focused on saved folk. Saved folk who are going through. Yea, though I walk through the valley. You in a valley, you getting through it. Don't make it so hard on yourself when God says there's a way to deal with this stuff. It's going to be all right. But if you're in here, man, woman, boy, girl, you're not saved. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. If you're in here, man, woman, young or old, and you don't have a relationship with the God of heaven, how do you have that relationship? Through God the Son. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If you want to go to heaven, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, no woman, no boy or girl can get to my Father in heaven except by me. If you're not saved in here or out there, and you want to go to heaven, and you've never given your life over to Jesus Christ, slip up your hand right now. If you want to be saved, and you want to go to heaven, and you haven't surrendered to Jesus, is there one saved in here? I see a hand. I see a hand. I see a hand. I see a hand. Is there anybody else in here? This is serious time. We Look, I'm not promised to live past leaving out this door. I could drop dead in this pulpit, I God forbid. But I know all is well with my soul because it's anchored in the Lord. My soul is, oh, my soul is anchored. Is your soul, is your soul anchored out there? If your soul is anchored, let me see your hand. You ought to know. I didn't say you didn't make a mistake, but my soul is anchored in the Lord. For the person or persons who want to be saved today, repeat this prayer right now. Say this prayer if you want to be saved today, right now, immediately. Dear Lord, I know that I'm a sinner and I cannot save myself. I accept your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, as my personal savior. From this day forward, I surrender my life to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for giving me another chance. Second call, you're already saved, but you don't have a church home. 
The doors of this church is open to you. Why don't you come? If you're looking for a perfect church, you never gonna find one on this side. There is no perfect church, but ABC is a church that strives to serve the Lord in his righteousness. You need to belong to somebody's church. That's how you grow. Sheep beget sheep, iron sharpeneth iron. You don't have a church home out there. You see the listings. You want to become a part of ABC. Just check in. Third and last call. You already saved. You already have a church home. But maybe you're backslider. God is still helping backsliders to come back to restore you to where you used to be. Is there one here, backslider? The Holy Spirit wants you. He's convicting you. The more you push back, the harder it is for you to acquiesce. Either not saved, you don't have a church home, or you're a backslider. You want to be restored back to the joy of your salvation. Is there one out there? Give God some praise. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say thank, thank you, Lord. Lord. Oh, yeah, yeah, thank yeah, you, yeah, Lord. yeah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is my accident. <coughs> this is my accident. Worship him. This is my accident. This is my accident. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I'm saying goodbye. To the only, thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We acknowledge your peace, your presence, and your lordship. Even now, as we leave from this place, but never from your presence, grant us all traveling mercy. Take us safely to our destinations and then bring us back again at the appointed time. We say yes to your will, yes to your word, and yes to your way. And all of God's people say, yeah, 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 amen. Amen. And amen. We're dismissed. Talk to somebody. Let them know that everything's going to be all right. Hey, baby. Hey, baby.